You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is highlights from our weekly service. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Northern Lights. We're part of the Metropolitan Community Church, which is a worldwide denomination that celebrates the inclusive love of God for all people. Special welcome if you're visiting for the first time or you're fairly new here. But also a special welcome to people listening on the podcast. Tonight we're extending our podcast so hopefully people feel more welcome and a part of our family. Tonight we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. It's an event that marks the start of Jesus' ministry when God confirms him as his beloved son and pours out the gift of the Holy Spirit upon him. Today's feast is as much a celebration for us as it is of the Lord's baptism. When we spiritually died with Christ and we rose with him through water and the Holy Spirit, born to a new life, a life of love, a life of compassion for others, a life of joy, living as God's children. As we begin our service, let's just pause from the busyness of our lives to recognize that incredible calling that God has given to each one of us. Let us pray. Loving Mother, you speak to us through your prophet Isaiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Loving God, help us to recognize the dignity you bestow upon us in sharing in Christ's baptism. May we be awakened to the urging of your spirit and proclaim your goodness to a waiting world. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 42, verses 1 to 4 and 6 to 7. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. 
I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand, I will keep you, and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. A voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Creator God, may they be your words that we hear tonight. Take away the things that of our hearts and our minds that may disturb us, that may distract us. May we hear your still, sweet voice. Amen. I've always found this a strange time to look at the baptism of Jesus. Last week, we're still in the Christmas period, and it was Epiphany. And the Magi had just been and worshipped the baby Jesus. This week, we have Jesus and the grown man. And straight after Jesus is baptised, He's led into the desert by the Holy Spirit, where he spends 40 days and nights in prayer and fasting, for he's tempted by the devil, and then leaves to choose his disciples and begin his three years of ministry. I often wonder why we don't look at this just before we move into Lent, where we have our own 40 days and nights of fasting or giving up of things. So the 40 days, plus the three Sundays, is similar to the period Jesus spent in the desert. So why not look at this, the Sunday before Lent starts? I'll come back to that. The second question I often ask is whether John the Baptist and Jesus knew each other before this event. Mary, Jesus' mother, and Elizabeth, John's mother, knew each other. In fact, the angel who goes to see Mary before Jesus is born states that they're relatives. In Luke's Gospel, we have the story of Mary going to see Elizabeth just after she's been told that she's to bear the Messiah. And Luke says that Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months. 
If they were relatives and Mary had stayed with Elizabeth for three months, wouldn't they have kept in touch? Their two boys were only about six months apart in age. So I often wonder if as young boys they played together. But in all of the gospel stories of the baptism of Jesus, there doesn't appear to be any recognition between Jesus and John of them knowing each other before this event. The only recognition we see from John is not of his relative or childhood friend, but where we hear John trying to deter Jesus from being baptised by him, saying it should be the other way round. Jesus should be baptising John because he recognises him as the Messiah. Surely, if they knew each other, there'd be more dialogue between them. Or maybe this is just not important and so is not included. I don't think I'll ever know the answer to this question and certainly not in this lifetime. So as I can't answer my second question, let's go back to my first one. Why do we look at Jesus' baptism now? During the Advent stories, when the angel came to Mary and then to Joseph in a dream, the angel declares who this child will be. To Mary, they say, the Son of the Most High, or the Son of God, and that this child will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. To Joseph, the angel says that Jesus will save his people from their sins. When Jesus is born, an angel appears to the shepherds and declares that a saviour has been born to you. He is the Christ. The Magi ask Herod, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? And when they meet the family, we are told they bowed down and worshipped him. So all the declarations about Jesus that we've heard declared, he's the son of God, a saviour, a king, the Christ. If we read the verses before those we heard tonight in Matthew, John makes his own declaration of who Jesus is going to be. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. And in fact, the people know that John is a messenger. His message he's bringing is prepare the way for the Lord. So we have all these declarations and then one great one. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So we spent the last few weeks hearing great declarations of who Jesus is, both before he is born and once he has been born. And this, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, the final declaration from John, and then from God herself. This is the Christ, the Saviour, the Messiah, come to save all people, 
to reign for all time. This is the Son of God, powerful and mighty, and baptising with the Holy Spirit. Everything up to now, everything in the last few weeks, has pointed to who and how special Jesus is. And tonight, at the baptism of Jesus, we see the completion of the declarations of who he is. We look at this reading tonight, not before Jesus goes into the wilderness, not just before Lent, but as the culmination of the Advent and the Christmas story of who Jesus is. In the reading from Isaiah, we hear in just four verses what the rest of the Gospels tell us in many, many chapters, starting with God's words. Here is my servant, this is my son, whom I uphold, whom I love, my chosen one in whom I delight. With him I am well pleased. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the street. Jesus went about his ministry in a dignified way. A bruised reed he will not break and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. Jesus cared for those who were ill, the weakest, those at the margins of society. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged. Jesus continued his ministry right to his death on the cross, knowing that he was, this was his calling, his destiny. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus says, Yet not as I will, but as you will. For Jesus clings to those other words we heard from Isaiah. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. Jesus knew the purpose of his path and that he wasn't walking it alone. Once again, Isaiah foretells the life of Jesus and reinforces for both Jesus and us the truth of his message. We too can find these words in the Bible for us. I will not forsake you. The Lord says, never will I leave you nor forsake you. There are many other promises throughout both the Old Testament and the New that we too can take on our walk, that we will not be alone, that we have a purpose. But my final question is, what is our response to the earlier declarations? Are we going to join with the angels, shepherds and magi and declare that Jesus is the Son of God? 
Are we going to say, as Mary did, I am the Lord's servant? Will we jump up, as Mary did, and spread the joy of the message with our family and friends? Will we travel afar, as the Magi did, to find the King of the Jews? Or as the shepherds did, will we go and see what we've been told about, and then afterwards tell everyone we meet? In the Acts of the Apostles, we hear many times that when someone believed in in who Jesus was and is, they followed Jesus' example and were baptised. The Ethiopian eunuch by Philip, Cornelius and his household by Peter, and even Saul after his conversion in Damascus. Many of us may have already been baptised or christened. But if you haven't, if this is to be your declaration, then there's going to be opportunity to to learn more about this and to be baptised in the coming weeks. So please speak to Ronnie after the service. But now, let us join with the Magi and bow down and worship in prayer, in song, as we celebrate communion. Let's echo the words God used. This is the Son of God, whom I love. Amen. Let us pray. Father, you sent your son Jesus to be with us and to be a covenant between you and all humankind and to be a light for all. We celebrate Jesus' light in these dark times. Holy Spirit, you baptize Jesus and you baptize us. We pray that you are with us and that we can hear your guidance as we try to be God's hand and feet in the world. Holy Triune God, we mourn and hold up to you the lives lost in the bushfires in Australia and in the floods in Indonesia. There is a volcano spewing ash in the Philippines. Venice continues to be flooded. And here in the UK, many farmers' crops have been badly damaged, if not destroyed by floods. As the fires burn and the floods come up, we pray that you are with all those who are affected. We pray for an end to the chaos that they are experiencing. Be with those who are helping to to ease the aftermath. You gave us stewardship on earth. Help us to live into this responsibility and care for the planet. As the climate crisis deepens, may we listen to the voices of wisdom and take action with generosity and hope. We pray for the political crisis unfolding on an international level. 
We pray for those who died in the Ukrainian Airlines flight and in the protests that are going on in Iran. Comfort their families and friends. Help us to support our political leaders to de-escalate the situation. And drop the scales from our eyes that we might see the racism and prejudice and greed that fuels these conflicts. Help us to make changes in our own lives, in our own lives, to tackle our internal prejudices. Protect the vulnerable and marginalised and, and the citizens of Iran and the rest of the Middle East who could suffer directly if war breaks out. As I ask Becky to come forward and to light the HIV and AIDS candle, we pray, as we do every week, for those living with and affected by HIV and AIDS and for those involved caring for them. We remember those who have died, the fact that this disproportionately affected the gay community and that our church lost so many pastors, congregants and friends. We pray that life-saving and life-sustaining medication may be made available to all who need it. God, we lift up to you the prayers written in our prayer book, and we hold up to you those prayers in our hearts. God, we offer up our prayers for those who have died, those who are known to us, and those who are known only to you. We pray for our community, and for all those who are ill in mind, body, and spirit. We pray for the work of MCC around the world, especially in places affected by environmental disasters, and in those places where it's not safe for our fellow congregations to be themselves, for whatever reason. And now we join together in the words that Jesus taught us, the most holy, encompassing, and concise of the prayers. Our Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in present. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The kingdom, the power, the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and evermore. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about what we do, you can find us on social media or visit our website, northernlightsmcc.org.uk.